Hey guys, welcome to the Dragon's Voice podcast episode. I think we're on to 23 or 24 now, so it's going somewhere amazingly. But uh, I just wanted to say, I uh, hope you guys are keeping well because at this moment in time, we are um, sort of in district areas and everything that's we're going into uh, a new lockdown of some sort. But guys, just make sure you stay safe. Always wear a mask when you go out and just, just keep yourself safe. That's all we're going to ask for you guys is just to stay safe. And hopefully one day I do want to go back into the stands and probably uh, give abuse to one or two of the opposition players again or just support my, uh, my Barry. But, uh, but today, especially this uh, particular person, um, he is the key example of why, why Wales need to look into Welsh Premier League talent. He is one of the key examples of how Welsh Premier League players have gone to bigger and better things you know, we've gone on to play for Wales, we've gone on to play for uh, bigger clubs. You know, he's one of the key examples. He joins the likes of Andy Legg, Owen Tudor-Jones, Mark Delaney. He's uh, currently the assistant manager of TNS. <laughs> but uh, he's none other than uh, Steve Evans. Steve, how are you, pal? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Good to be on. No worries. No worries. Um, you know what? You are on the top 10 list for me. Uh, I've got to be honest, because... Uh, one of the things about you is that your story uh, is the definition of this is why Welsh Premier League should not be overlooked. It should not be. Um, because you started your career uh, playing for TNS, which then they were called Total Network Solutions. Gone on to play for, uh, uh, for Wrexham, where it's your hometown club, and then you played for Wales and everything. But um, I just wanted to start off. How did you start your career? Where, where was the starting point for you then? Yeah, um, obviously as a young boy um, living in Wrexham, mm. um, team called Broughton Villa. So I was I was young, didn't have an under tens, um, so they set up an under tens. We had we had a decent team. Went all the way through with um, Broughton Villa. Obviously, um, playing a year up and won numerous things, you know, titles, trophies. We had, we had a decent team, to be fair. It was a good, um, good competitive league in Wrexham at that, that, that time. Uh, then the schoolboys representing the school. Um, then, obviously, on to the North East Wales. And then, as you could progress, um, Wales, and then the likes of playing for Wrexham from a young age, uh, then going to West Brom, getting scouted, um, playing for the schoolboys by Derek Mann, uh, and then leaving school, um, took up a MYTS as it was back then at West Brom. In 95, I do believe, a long time ago. And yeah, so went to West Brom, moved away. Um, enjoy, enjoyed it, but didn't enjoy being away from home. Um, Got to admit, um, was a little bit of a home bird at the, at the time. And yeah, went from being at Wrexham, uh, West Bromwich, um, Sutton Coalfield at the time, sharing a house, you know, enjoying it, but at the same time not enjoying it. So uh, me being me, wanted almost, and also wanted everything there and then. Um, give it all up, basically. <laughs> give it all up. Um, come back home, you know, made well it was a bad, i remember being on um wolverhampton train station um i could have gone back to one of the lads house on the weekend and i decided to go home and didn't go back um so that was that was the first major decision um then i had a couple of years out where just playing basically for my dad um, on a Saturday afternoon, I'm playing for for the local um, pub on a Sunday morning, you know. Um, and then I got um, banned. Not a lot of people know this, but I got banned for three years um, playing for my dad's Saturday team. I was 16, I think, at the time. Um, yeah, so 
couldn't play football, had a few years out, uh, done a few things, you know, was working, plastering, etc. And then got back in into it by one of my another bad decision of mine, which turned into a which turned into why I got back into football. Um, I won't go into that. <laughs> um, but it was um it turned out that I got myself back into football, got myself fit. And my brother was um ironically playing for TNS at the time in two two thousand. Um I got back into football, I went to crew at the time. I went to crew. I was training that crew. Um they wanted to sign me, but like I said, I got banned for three years. Um, so that was still applied. They asked the Welsh FA if um, the ban could be lifted. They said no. Um, there was a still outstanding fine, I think. Um, when I, was, uh, I think I was 18 at the time, 17, 18. So I didn't, I couldn't sign for crew. So I've kept myself fit. About six months later, TNS, like I said, my brother was signing for, um, signed for TNS, was at TNS, went training. They wanted to sign me. They tried to get me ban lifted. Um, they got it lifted. They, they, I think it was at the end anyway, um, roughly. And then I signed for TNS in um, 2000. Um, was it 2000? Yeah. So um, 99, wasn't it? 1999. 99, yeah. Sorry, February 99. And we had 14 games to go. I come on, I remember my debut. Um, Newtown away. I was on the bench. Signed as a centre-half. Go on up front. Nil-nil it was. Went on up front. Ball came in. Chested down. Um, and volleyed it into the top corner. We won one nil. Um, yeah, 99, February 99, so like I said, a long time ago, and that was, a, that was the start of the journey with TNS, and yeah. obviously the, the journey up until then. Yeah, because it was, it was around about the time anyway, because um, from, you know, the 90s to the early 2000s, and uh, I know we had a brief chat about it at Jenna Park, and uh, thanks for beating us there, I uh, kindly appreciate that, <laughs> but no. Um, but it was around about the time Barry were the, the dominant, yeah. like your team now. They are the dominant team in Wales, yeah, and uh, and um, but what was what was it like though? To because um, do you know what I I wanted to ask you from your opinion uh, about this, and because um, a lot of people always ask me about the comparisons between two teams, especially Barry in in that glory years, as they say, and then TNS in the now right. There's a lot of um, comparisons of why was Barry so different to what TNS did and why was Barry someone asked me so why was it more appreciated back then whereas TNS now it was always that mentality of oh TNS won again oh well that, that, that's about it but um, but but to you because you experienced that when you were playing for TNS and you were going against Barry Town and especially now with winning it what are the comparisons like can you uh, just elaborate or try to explain yeah and like I say, no two teams are the same, but um, like you say, Barry were dominant. You know, the players they had, you know, Mike Flynn, Yorkie, you know, um, Morel at the top, lots of players, um, lots of players. Jenkins, midfield, um, Lloydie, you know, um, just to name a few. They had, um, you know, they had a few quid as well. Um, you know, but the they were they were decent players. They're players who understood the game. You know, I remember going there. Um, I think we lost one 0 but we, we were a de decent team. We were just starting to come. Um, I think we lost one 0 I think it might have been the second season I was here. Um, but like I say, in terms of comparisons um, between the clubs, I I don't I can't really say about Barry. I can only say about them on the pitch. They done right, the um, right things on the pitch. You know, they they played the right way. You know, they, they had winners, and you know, I can't say behind the scenes because I don't know. No. Um, certainly from um, TNS and 
um, the success we've had. Um, it's it's down to the basics. It's down to players wanting to work hard. You know, winners. You know, the right the right mentality. That you know, um, you get that. Yes, I was young and I learned how to do that, and that's that's the same now. But like I say, you if you've got that and people who are wanting to work hard and willing to run through brick walls for each other, you know, that team spirit, then you've got half a chance. Um, I, I want to say this uh, now then, because with uh, Mike Harris, you know, your, your, your boss and everything, well, the, uh, the owner of the club and everything, you got any uh, particular funny stories? Because he's a character himself, you know. Uh, if, if, you, if you think of the Welsh Premier League, you think of Mike Harris most of the, some of the times. Have you got a funny story to talk about Mike Harris? Uh, I, I won't talk about um, a story, but talk uh, in, uh, as him as a character. There's too many to mention there. It's really, um, yeah. Listen, um, Mike, ten years ahead of everybody else, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, he's what was he? Was it mid thirties? I think when he took over at TNS, I think it was his. I'm not 100% sure, don't quote me on this, but probably had a five-year plan or something like that. Um, I think it was second or third year. He won the league. That was when, like in the 99 um, season when I joined, we had 14 games to go. I think um, we won, won, didn't lose a game, won most of them. Um, and then obviously again, Barry. Uh, I remember the day We'd had um, finished our season on the the week before or a couple of days before, and we all had a night out in Liverpool. Um, Mike was in that night out as well, um, and then we all went to Connorsky the next day to um, support Connorsky. <laughs> ironically, <laughs> um, you know, um, funny how things go around in roundabouts. Um, um, we were all there, I remember me, my brother, big Timmy, Bagger Wright, John Toner, um, Timmy Lumsden at the time, all, all top players. You know, we went um, to obviously watch the game and I think Andy Cale and um, Lee, Lee Williams had gone on their own um, just in case they needed to pick the trophy up. And I know you might not like this, but... Connorsky, um, I think they won. Did they win two one or it was one all or something like that? It, it was. It was something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I think it was planned that Lee and Kalo was meant to pick up the trophy on the pitch. Sensible. Um, I think we'd had a few beers on the way to the game, and we all joined in on the celebrations on the pitch with the lifting the trophy, and that's. That was the first um, league win. And uh, oh, so, yeah. So no. sorry to go off topic. Then. No. That's that's basically where where it started from, um, you know. And Mike then had visions of making TNS what it was, you know, back then. And then obviously you have the evolution of um, the plastic pitch, as people call it, the 3G, 4G. But it was ten years before anybody else had it, which then gained revenue, etc. You know, so he is a you know he like I say, like I've said it again, he was ten years before his time. Yeah, and and with with that because uh, it, it was around two thousand three where uh, the the dominance, the the, the glory, and the, the the throne was taken away from Barry because of the finances, the, the problems that were going on behind the scenes. So it was now going to be who was going to take the trophy, take the league title. And I think it was in the, you know, TNS won it, obviously. And, uh, but there were two or three other clubs like Real, Llanelli and Bangor. They were going after it as well. So it was very competitive for, uh, for a good, um, good short period. But uh, obviously, obviously as, as the history books say, you know, TNS took the lot. But uh, um, during that time when you won um, the, 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 the league titles or the, the, the cups and everything, you know, you had some good, fantastic competitions ahead of you, you know, with the Champions League. Um, one of them was uh, Man City and Liverpool. Two, well, big, 
English Premier League uh, teams, you know. But Man City weren't as big as they are now. But what was that like to to be playing against uh, Man City and also to be playing against the champions of Europe around that time? Yeah, um, like I say, I remember. Um, because just going on from that story, um, my last story, um, obviously Andy Cale was in charge when I first come. And then um, the, by far the best coach I've ever played under. So made a mass, played a massive part in my career. And then a player who I played with, who then took the reins, Ken McKenna. Um, and we weren't as, like I say, back then it was more competitive. We weren't as dominant as, you know, what Barry were, but, uh, um, but Maka is the reason I went on to do what I did. Um, best manager, best man manager I've ever had. Um, and he had to manage me, I'll be honest. He did have to manage me. Um, but like I say, like I go back to what I've just said about players running through brick walls. There's not one player, I'd, I'd, well, I don't think so, who played for Macca who wouldn't run through a brick wall for him. You know, his blood and guts, you know, he knew where he stood with him, you know, but he also knew how to set up a team. And like I say, we, um, it, was, it was competitive. We'd win the league one year, then lose it, come second, you know, correctly, real. Would win the cup, um, so for a neutral point of view, it was good. For <laughs> going to back to Mike Harris, for Mike Harris's point of view, they weren't good because we weren't in Champions League every year. Um, but then we won it, um, and in the following season, um, obviously Liverpool won the Champions League, and they weren't away in there because they didn't qualify for Europe. So I think Europe had to be ready for that to. And find a way for them to go into the competition. So they entered through the qualifying rounds. Um, and I was injured at the time. There's about five or six of us who were training at Foxhalls. And the lads were out training. We were all in the, in the I think it was like the function room at Foxhall Motors. Um, and we had it on Sky Sports. And the draw come out and Liverpool come out. I've never seen so many unfit players sprint or jump around every um, <laughs> life. We all run out, run out to the training pitch. Liverpool, Liverpool. Yeah, Kenny had probably 16 players tra training that day. The following day, he had 25. <laughs> you know, um, that's that's what it was. You know, and we we prepared for it. And you know, and I'd like to say probably. They're the games that probably got me my move. You know, the Liverpool game. Um, the, what an occasion. Playing at Anfield, full house. They just won the, um, the Champions League. Uh, first game as, um, as champions. I remember going into the tunnel. Um, standing next to Hippie, I didn't realise how, how big a lad he is. Um, but, you know, playing against the likes of Gerard, Morientes, Hippier, Alonso, you know, 3-0, you know, standing in the, in the dugout, in the tunnel before and listening to You'll Never Walk Alone. You know, it's memories you can't, you can't take away, you know, for the lads who played. Um, disappointment for the lads who didn't play as well, the lads who who had played all season. You know, so, but like I say, as a group, memories and great occasion for the club. You know, a couple of years before, was it before? Yeah, uh, we played uh, Man City. Yeah, we played Man City. Yeah, yeah, you played uh, Man City before. Yeah. Oh, seems to lost you there. Oh, woman, I see we lost you there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Man City game, I was a spectator. I didn't play. Um, I was on the bench. Um, I'd just come back from a double hernia operation. So, but like again, um, we played the first game again, the first game at the um, new stadium. Um, 
we all went to watch them against the first Barcelona as as like to get the surroundings. And then our first competitive game, I think it was against Man City, their first competitive game as well. And then that, down at the Millennium, um, my first taste of the Millennium, as it was. Um, like I say, great occasion for the club. Two great ties, which put, put CNS on the map, really. Um, and helped build the club to, to what it is today. But like I say, from my own personal um, achievement, Liverpool, probably the yeah, probably the best game I've played in for um, TNS, which ultimately I think got me my move. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you get any because uh, with players shirt swapping and everything? Did you get an opportunity to swap a shirt with one of the players? Yeah, I've got Hippias. You know, great defender, great defender for and probably somebody that I was in the mould of. You know was aggressive, could head everything, could tackle, could defend, but could play a little as well. Um, um, Morientes, I've got Morientes from the first game. You know, Monaco, etc. Spain, he's, um, he's a legend. And I just, you know, um, got his shirt in the first game. And then second game, got Hippia's shirt as well. Uh, I'm not sure whether... The, I had the captain's armband because I think he might have been captain because um, Jared went off. So, yeah, um, no, she had not start, so I think he might have been captain. So I got them somewhere in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it's amazing because uh, you, you, you couldn't play at parkour against Liverpool. You had to play at the race course ground in Wrexham, which is kind of uh, poetic in a sense because you said that it, it, it was the starting point of what got you, you moved to, to Wrexham or something some ways you know and 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 you did you you, you went back to you know played to your hometown club you you signed on for Wrexham um but what was it like to what what was happening around that time when you you made the move from TNS to, to Wrexham what was going on at that point yeah um obviously uh, I was a free agent um, at the end of the season um and Wrexham were interested and there's a couple of other clubs interested as well um, like I say, it's you know I'm so grateful to TNS for everything. You know, like I say, I'm 20 years later, I'm still at the club. Um, at the time, I'm so grateful. Like I've mentioned to Andy Kale, um, Ken McKenna, Mike Harris, three of the biggest influences in my career. You know, ever. You know. Taught me a hell of a lot um, about football as well and about um, other things, um, personal life and that. Um, but like I say, it was an opportunity that I couldn't turn down at the time. Um, so ended up signing for Wrexham. Um, um, first couple of the games, I was playing alongside Dennis Lawrence, who's a massive help even though I was experienced in terms of age um, in that but going to that environment I weren't weren't experienced I was a leader at TNS um, I was the main main defender you know um, I was going to wreck somewhere I weren't and that was new that was um, something I had to um, cope with and luckily I had Dennis Lawrence to help me in that first first part was massive to me because I played against him but then like a calming influence at the side here because I was a little bit rara rara at the time you know wanted to win everything wanted to be aggressive you know where as he was really calm you know composure which which I learned as I went along um, so like I say that was massive for me Dennis Dennis Smith the manager was was good, you know, with me as a like a centre half as well. He used to talk to me, Brian Carey and um, Kevin Russell, all good people around around me at Wrexham, you know, and helped me settle in, helped me settle in. Um, that first season, I've done myself done myself justice, um, and 
obviously earns that I do and Drew was um John Toshak um, of Wales was looking because oh, like I say I was playing well um, I was doing the right things and like I say um, I'd heard rumours that he was watching and I was just concentrating on playing and then I got my call up so, and do you, do you know where uh, yeah. before we go on to all Wales and everything because it is an amazing story of yours but I've always wanted to know uh, about uh, this particular a particular game that you took part in and that was against Chester to was the cross-border derby, uh, apparently a very tense rivalry at, at best. And uh, and I, I did my research, uh, apparently you got sent off, which is uh, probably yeah. no, noble of this you. <laughs> so what, what was it like to be playing in a cross-border derby and how tense is it? Because I think the only way I've, I've known for it to be a tense, uh, tense uh, atmosphere is when I was watching the bootleggers um, uh, vlog where um, it, it was controversial because they did a minute silence and then it all kicked yeah. off and everything. But for you to be a player, to be playing against Chester, what was it like? Yeah, it was um, massive. Like it was, um, it was an early kickoff. Um, I remember um, I was um, playing against um, John Waters at the time. Um, we'd previously played him in the FAW Cup against um, for TNS against Wrexham, and I. Um, Accidentally done his cheekbone, um, so that was a battle I was looking forward to. Um, but like I say, it was my first derby, and like I say, it was an early kickoff. And like I say, you got nerves. You know, I know that I understand the rivalry between Jester and Wrexham, being a Wrexham lad, um, and. One, one I relished. I, I'm the kind of type of person to relish things like that, you know. Um, you know, like I said, I was blood and guts. So, you know, I'd run through brick walls for my teammates and my team. You know, and with it being my hometown club as well, just added to that. Um, so yeah, I remember the game. I remember the game really well. Um, we um, we played. Uh, I was playing against John Waters, like I said, I think he had a bit of a, um, what's it called, grievance to repay. And yeah, he did, to be fair, he caught me, caught me with a good one. Um, so that was a bit of payback by him. Um, but like I say, I've, I caught him with a few as well. Um, but we played, we, um, I think we went 1-0 up or they went 1-0 up, went one all. And then um, I had the ball and I played Jonah in. Uh, Mike Jones, another Wrexham lad, um, for the second goal. Went 2-1 up. And then, silly for me, I was running back at John Waters again. And I slid in and uh, gave away a free kick, yellow card. Silly. Um, and then... Last, I think it was 10 minutes, something like that, I was in the corner and I gave away another silly free kick and got myself sent off. Um, and that's the inexperience I was talking about just a minute ago with um, Dennis Lawrence playing alongside me and that composure and, you know, the experience of, of it. You know, and, and me learning as a player, as going through that, like I said, I was experienced in terms of age and and that for CNS, but in that environment, I weren't. And that's something I learned um, quite quite quickly. Um, but yeah, that was my first experience of the derby, and you know we won two one. So I remember going to the again sent off and having to go into the, the um, dressing room. Yeah, the dressing room weren't a pretty sight. I'll be honest. When the players come back in, I'd chucked a few things and was, like I say, pissed off with myself. Um, but like I say, we won. And that, you know, it was a good time. Um, one of that, that derby I played in. Um, the, the only other derby I played in, I think, um, was at the race course. Uh, we, we drew one all, I think. Um, it was when Robert, Roberto Martinez was playing for them. 
Um, but yeah, like I say, that rivalry, you know, it's you. Like I said, you, there's added, you know, you you've got that extra ten percent to run. You got that extra and ten percent to go through somebody if you need to to win that ball. You know, that's what I was. And let, let's get on to it then. Wales, you know, um, from Welsh Premier League to Wrexham in the Football League to, to Wales. Now, uh, John Toshai, he gave you the call up and you're going to be playing with the likes of um, Brian Giggs, you know, um, Brian Giggs and that. And, but it, it, it was around about that time that when John Toshak took over as manager, um, you know, it, it wasn't the best of time. Well, it wasn't the best of times for Wales, but I don't know for you because it was an honour to play for Wales. I mean, I would have been honoured to, to have played for my country, uh, even though I probably wouldn't last two minutes on the field. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what was what was it like to get the call up? But also, what was it like in the in the dressing room for Wales? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think we played um, Betty um, the day before or on the Friday night, um, um, and then I had an inkling. Um, oh, um, where they've they've had a few injuries, I could possibly get a call up. So I got a call up. Um, um, uh, was on the Sunday night, a Sunday afternoon, getting um, getting Paddy from where um, Wrexham. Give me a call. So I said, "Can you meet up with Wales? They're at Carden Park. They're playing Liechtenstein at the race course." So I said, yeah, no problem. So I went, went to Garden Park, Mrs. dropped me off. Um, looking around, I find someone. And finally um, got me room, went to the room. Uh, happened to bump into John Toshak on the, on the way. I said, hello, how you doing? All right, yeah. Me nervous as hell. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, good. Um, so just went to the, uh, my room. I was room with um, Joe Ledley. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so I went into the room. First time I met Joe. Um, great lad. Um, speaking to him, talking. But I was starving. They just ate. I'd missed dinner. I had met all day. And I was, really, <laughs> I was starving. And I was like, Joe, I'm going to have to order some food. So could I... Um, so. I said, what, what do I do? It's new to me, like. He said, oh, just, just for reception, ask him to um, come. So I said, oh, okay. So I said, oh, I'll order uh, six tuna sandwiches. Um, I asked if he wanted some. So he said, yeah, chick, chick, um, six chicken sandwiches. <laughs> so me expecting just, you know, six of the small triangles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ordered them two big platefuls of um, full chicken sandwiches and full tuna sandwiches. So I had a few of them. So yeah, so they brought them instead of, um, so that's what I had to eat that night before training on the Monday. Um, so straight into training at um, Collier's, which I was, environments I was used to on the coach. So I get off and then I'm, in a training session with Ryan Giggs, Earnshaw, Bellamy, um, Bale, you know, uh, Collins, Ledley, you know, Robinson, all players I've watched. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I'd gone from playing six months um, previous to um, in Avonlido, you know, places like Kevin Drews, you know, at the time. So then, obviously, being up, sharing the pitch with the likes of, of the players I've mentioned. Yeah. Um, so we had a training session. I did okay in the training session. Oh, it weren't, weren't much, um, too much because we were playing the next day. Um, finished the training session, got back on the bus, sitting at the, roughly the middle, as you do, <laughs> a newbie. Um, so... Um, got off the bus, and as I'm getting off the bus, um, just John Toshak says to me, "How'd you like to play for your country, son?" Well, I'd fucking love to. <laughs> Pardon me, French. But that's what I said, um, and that was it. Um, 
done a few interviews, um, you know, told a few people. And then that, the game then, and the game environment. And obviously I knew the surroundings in Wrexham because he was at Wrexham, which made it easier. Um, trying to talk to the lads, not a lot of conversation. I'll be honest, because I didn't really know anybody. Um, I knew Bellamy from the youth days, but not not like to talk to. Um, but uh, went on the pitch, warmed up. You know, I, like, I, like I said previous, I got six months playing in League of Wales, to then doing the warm up and. Um, getting named in the team and then we're in a circle and I've got um, Robin Shaw, as players do, test you, wrapping balls straight in at me, you know, and the, my first touch, he wraps it into me, it comes off my shin and goes out the circle and you can just, <laughs> you can just sense the feeling of, oh my God, what have we got here, you know, <laughs> the players, as you do, um, you know, but luckily enough, you know, I'm big enough and I got broad shoulders, you know. Um, started the um, national anthem. I just remember standing there, sucking everything in, you know, standing tall. And that's the proudest moment I've ever, ever had on a, on a football field. Lining up, um, listening to... The national anthem, you know, I'm ashamed to say I didn't know it at that time, you know, but it's the proudest moment I had on the football field, sucking everything in, the atmosphere, and then we played the game, you know, nothing will compare to that, and then we played the game and I played well, I did play well, um, you know, and that was, the, that was the start of the journey, as they say, with um, my Welsh, yes. Like you mentioned, I was lucky at the time because um, they were struggling with injuries. Um, Gabs was injured, you know. Um, Collins um, was in and out injury-wise. Maya Tanga was coming in, but they didn't really have nobody else. So, yeah, I was lucky. I, I understand that. I think the public understands that. You know, it's where they are now, you know. But from my point of view... You know, I took it with two hands. I got an opportunity. I took it with two hands, and you know that's where that journey started. You know what? I I just seen just the look of your face, just your eyes were, were telling the story. How you just just going back to that day, and it's a proud moment. And and it's it's amazing how far we we come as well as a team, as a national team as well. Because you know you you said yourself. I mean, you shared the room with one of the players. You know, Joe Ledley, who goes on to get in Wales to the semi-finals of the Euros. Gareth Bell, who comes uh, a superstar, you know, there's other players as well that have come in, youngsters, only, you know, you could call them puppies or pups, you know, and, and they go on to bigger and better things. And, and then next, you know, there's a game against Ireland, which uh, um, you, you played against uh, Northern Ireland, I think it was, but it was against Ireland. And, and I wish I was there. I, 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 I had the opportunity. Someone tried to give me a ticket and I said, no, and I wish I was there, but it was that game after the Euros where um, everyone is in the city stadium and all the players are lined up. The national anthem starts and then all of a sudden, music stops, let them sing it. And then you could just hear it from, a, probably from across Wales, you could just hear that song singing proudly in his show. Oh, Republic, was it? Um, Republic at Croke Park? Uh, no, I think it was, it was at the city stadium. It was against Ireland yeah. at the city stadium. Yeah, that was longer. Yeah, and then I, I just remember, I just remember being in a pub with a mate of mine who, who was raised in Ireland, and so he was there going, oh yeah, but he knew as soon as the anthem st started. I remember everyone in the pub just silence, shushing, and the, as the anthem came off, and everyone heard um, that the the song going, and the fans just going for it, and we were all just praising, and it just shows how much, you know. We, how, how far we've come and how much you've won them back, you know, it's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you a little story. Um, well, I um, roomed with Danny Coyne after that. 
um, goalkeeper um, after my my first game. And like I said, I was ashamed I didn't know the national anthem. So I, I don't know Welsh. Um, um, but he knew the national anthem. Um, and he, he learned it me. Um, and that's... So that's that's how I know the national anthem now, you know. So, but then uh, I went on and done it because I was amazed how many people didn't, how many players didn't sing it. You know, I was in the line. I didn't, I, I didn't know the national anthem, and I was ashamed. I stood there, and I, I was, I was like, I was proud, you know. And like I said, it was the proudest moment. Um, but I was ashamed that I didn't know the national anthem. So I made sure I went and learned that national anthem. But it weren't compulsory back then. Um, and this, this, like I, I was on a coaching course uh, a, a lot of years later. And something I said to Oshin, um, Oshin Roberts, um, was that players should, should make, be made to sing it. Which I thought, I think the process was already in, in place anyway, you know, and I think they should, and it's compulsory now. You know, you look at all the age groups all the way through now, every single player knows that um, anthem, which is a great thing. And like you said, it resonates with the player and um, with the fans, you know, and it brings the fans in. And you look at the Euros, you look at everything Wales have gone on to do. And now, you know, I remember playing in a game against San Marino at the Millennium with, I think it was 10,000 people there. It looked like five people because how big it was, you know. And trying to, it's a big stadium to fill, but you look at the rugby, they fill. Oh, he's, he's gone again. Uh, obviously, the city's... One minute, Steve, you went again. What was that now, again? What was you saying? Because you went off... Yeah, so I remember playing at... Yeah, I remember playing at, um, against San Marino and there was like 10,000 people there. But it looked like five people, you know, in the, in the uh, millennium. And now, obviously, that city stadium, and it's, it's a full house. It's packed. But even, you know, getting everybody, every player to sing that national anthem and sing it with pride, by the way, you know, it gives, like I talked about, Giving that little bit extra for for um, Wrexham and for Wales, you know, it gives you that little bit extra. You you know, you want to go and do it. It gives you that. It makes you five foot taller. You know, gives you that little bit of more energy, and I think that's massive. And how how Wales have been has involved, and you know, and the likes of you know your Bales, your your Ledleys, your Gunters. You know, your Collins, you know, all them players have seen that and grown with that and grown with the, how the Welsh team has grown and they're connecting, obviously, with the media and everything, with, with the fans. And we're in a very, very good place now. You know, you know, a very good place. It started with Toshak, who got a lot of stick at times, but it started with him bringing all them young ones and then with Speedy. And then with um, Hughes, um, Coleman, you know, and now with gigs, you know, that process has carried on and we're in a very, very good place now, I believe. You know, with uh, Ryan Giggs, you know, um, uh, he's, even though his caps, I think it's decent for him that he's in so many caps anyway, regardless. But there's so much uh, criticism that he was, um, he, was, he was given because of his commitment to the national team. Uh, playing in friendlies or something like that now. But do you think he's... Um, I, I don't know, because you, you've played with him, uh, so I, I, I don't know for sure. But um, do you think he's, he's, he's won the hearts, he's won the fans back because he's, he's pulled the team, you know, where uh, after the Euros is, how can we top this or how can we get better? And Ryan gets team in, even though he's... The only experience he's had is from Man United and everything, and he's gone right... I'm in a position here where the, the fans are not really fond of me at the moment. I've, I've, I'm, in a, I'm in a position where I've got to lead the country. I've got to lead the example. I've got to show patriotism and 
all that, uh, or everything, really. Do you think he's he's won them back now because of what's happened? Yeah, well, results results will determine that as well, you know. But you know, you, you look, when Welsh football's in a good place, I believe at, at, at the moment, you know, and that's credit to all the all the people I've just said, all the managers I've just said, you know, and you know, Chris done great in Euros, you know, and then now Ryan's got the the job to try and go above that now, um, which, which, which I think he, he will do, and we will. You know, uh, I I do believe. Yeah, like I say, it's it, it's a results business. You know, if if we're winning and we we're, we're qualifying for tournaments, then everybody's going to be, you know, getting behind behind the team. You know, so and I think we're we're well on the way to be doing that. And uh, just going on to your career, so you've earned around seven caps and you've became, uh, when in history, of being uh, the first non-league um, player to play for the international side. Um, but I'll go back to Wales for a moment because I want to know, because you got that um, because Wrexham went down. But I want to know this one particular game before I go back into Wales. And I remember watching it, and it was very big for Wrexham, and it was it was um, it was a big moment on Sky Sports. And Brynlaw was doing a uh, commentating of feedbacks on uh, Soccer Saturday. It was Wrexham v Boston United, big game, both teams up for the relegation, and you know you had Brian Valentine who was playing for uh, for Ballet, who was there, and a couple of uh, players as well. How big, you know, even though I probably know it's probably big enough for Rexford, but how tense and how big and how much of a moment it was to be playing in that game? Yeah, it was a massive game, you know. Do or die, do or die, you know. It's, it was, it was, um, you know, we went 1-0 down. I think I missed the header and the lad ran through and scored. Um, went 1-0 down and... Half-time team talk, you know, it was a full house at Wrexham. I think it was 10 or 12,000 there. Um, and then we come out second half and we dominated. We dominated. And, um, you know, Ryan scored the pen. I think I, um, I won the header um, from a corner. Uh, the keeper saved it. And then I think Dagger got pulled down for the pen. Ryan slotted it and then we went on from there and Izzy, <laughs> Izzy scored, took his shirt off, <laughs> got another shirt, a size seven, I think, age seven shirt, um, two seasons before, three seasons before shirt and he was playing in that, <laughs> I think he had number seven on the, yeah. on the back. Where's my shirt? Where's my shirt? <laughs> uh, so he ended up playing in that, I don't know how it was allowed but, and then obviously, um, Got the ball, done a Rabona, um, clipped it to the back stick. I think it was Proctor, um, Michael Proctor scored. I think it was him. Yeah. Um, to make it three-one, you know, and you know celebrations at the end. You know, all the players, all the fans on the pitch. You know, I remember going up to, um, up to the director's box. You know, standing in there with me, me, Robbo, and Dagger. Yes, at the time it was euphoria because um, you stay up. But as well, when you look back, it's 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 a bad taste in in the mouth for me because we didn't we uh, we didn't perform. Oh, we stayed up. We didn't perform. Um, like I say, that first season, I I personally had a good season, but uh, as a whole, we didn't perform. Second season weren't good enough, and you know, third season is, you know, second season. That's where all the all the problems are. So it it, it leaves a bad taste. You know, yes, it was great, but when you look back, you know, I was I'm part of the reason why they're they're in the still in the conference. You know, 13 years later, so that leaves a bad taste in in 
in my mouth. That's one of my, you know, downsides, regrets of of my playing career. You know, probably one of the worst, if I'm honest. You know, um, so like I say, yes, that that game, that Boston game, you know, do or die, give everything. We won, we come through it, but you know, the writing was on the wall. Um, you know, as players, did we perform as well as we did, could have done? You know, probably not, 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 not really, because, like you say, Wrexham are where they are. Partly, and I feel partly responsible for that, and that's not that's not a good taste in my mouth. You know, I'm a Wrexham lad. You know, and everything I've talked about. You know, about you know, doing extra and all that. It's, it's not good enough. You know, but then, like I say, now. You know, it could be a it could be a Hollywood movie, as you oh, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the with the in, introduction of um, Ryan Reynolds, and yeah, know. you know, if that does come off, then you know, like I say, um, like I was saying, you know, the fans deserve more. The the Wrexham fans, you know, the following they they get um, is unbelievable for. For like where they are at the moment, but if they can get this investment and it does go through, then you know it'll be great for the club, be great for the town, and it'll be great for the fans because they do deserve more. Yeah, and uh, and, and the person you sorry, and the person who you mentioned at the very start, um, bootlegger, yeah. he possibly could get a get a movie deal out of it. <laughs> what is it? I think, I think everybody, I think everybody will be. Um, We'll be um, saying that, getting, getting him on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. He's going to be the biggest deal ever. You know, Hollywood contract and everything, right? Is, is, is Pilsner sponsored and everything? And, you know, it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Ryan Reynolds and the bootleggers, a holy grail. What is it with Brecton getting the best stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Great. <laughs> um, brilliant, brilliant. But, again... Again, he's been brilliant for Wrexham as well, you know, you know, with his videos and, and everything. So all the best to him, I say. Yeah. So going back to Wales, you were the, the, the first non-league player to go and play for Wales and everything. And it was, uh, it was against Russia. But around about that time, it happened to be one of the, the last games you played for Wales. Yeah, is that right? And uh, so uh, what was it like to, to be there? I, I always ask these questions, what was it like to be the non-league player? And sometimes it's, it, it doesn't bother because you're still playing for your country, you're still here to do a job. But, um, but at that time, because it, 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 it doesn't normally happen, you know, especially in today's climate of football and everything. But what was it like to play for Wrexham in the non-league and then playing for your country? Yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a great honour. Yeah, it's a bit, you know, first person, 76 years to represent the country for, um, as a non-league player. But like I say, I was just trying to work hard um, for Wrexham and obviously get me opportunity. I got got injured in that second season for Wrexham, which hindered me, um, which paved the way for uh, Ashley Williams to come into the Welsh squad. And, you know, his career went from strength to strength. You know, he was at Stockport and then went to the Swansea and... Great captain for Wales, great um, leader. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, like I said at the start, for me, I, I weren't bothered. I was just happy being being part of part of it all, and you know, and that was my last game. You know, I come on a sub, and um, it was one all, and I didn't do nothing wrong. It wasn't my fault, but we lost the game two one. So, you know, another bit of taste in your mouth. Not great, I don't like losing. <laughs> um, but like I say, it's, it was great while it lasted. It was great while it lasted. And, you know, it's, you know, it's every player's dream. It's the highlight, highest level anybody can play. Mm. Whether it's for Wales, whether it's for um, Brazil, you know, whether it's for San Marino. You know, to represent your country. Is the greatest honour in football, period, at any sport, at any, you know, at any level. You know, I've represented Wales um, at non-league level as well. 
You know, I played three seasons, you know, seven or eight, nine times for the non-league Welsh squad, you know, to, as, to represent your country at any level, um, at any sport is the highest accolade you can have. And like I say, I managed to do that seven times. And I remember when the conversation, um, John Soshak, we got back to Cardiff, we were at the Vale, coming to the room, sat on the end of the bed, talking to me and just said, listen, um, you won't be coming, I think we had another game and he said, you won't be coming away. Um, but you need to go back and do everything you possibly can to help Wrexham, you know, to get him and move him away from the bottom. And like I say, I went back and I was starting to get back to where I was at the, in the first season, playing really, really well. Um, we were on a run, unbeaten in nine games or something like that. Um, I um, done me medial against Peterborough. Uh, I was out for a while and then and then come back too early and weren't quite the player I was and that's 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 when we went down. Um, I, I believe I would have had a massive say if I would have been, if I would have been able to keep fit. I would have had a massive say um, in keeping Wrexham up that season because uh, I was and the first season I was riding that wave. Second season, you know, a little bit of a lull, but then started to play to what I was playing like in that first season. And then I got injured. Um, then I was always playing catch up and come back too soon. My knee wasn't right. Um, but I believe, I, do, I truly believe if I would have had, um, kept fit, I would have played a massive part in keeping Rex up. But it wasn't to be, it wasn't to be. And um, obviously, that's where we're at today. Yeah. Well, um, I got a few last questions here anyway. And uh, if anyone, uh, like I said, this is all uh, going to be recorded. So anyone who was watching this, uh, apologies for, for, for the signal, uh, uh, both of us, uh, really. But uh, I'm glad you're still watching because it's a brilliant chat here, Steve. And, um, but going on to uh, uh, afterwards, when, when you left Wrexham, was it always inevitable that you're gonna go, you were going to return to TNS? Yeah, well, um, Dean Saunders come in at Wrexham and I was thinking Wales, Wrexham, oh, great. Um, um, but it didn't work out, didn't work out, said I could go. So, you know, I could have stayed in fault for me position, but he made it quite clear um, that weren't really going to happen. So, possibly... So, not not the easy one, but as a player, to then go back to TNS. But I was familiar with TNS, you know, I knew TNS. I actually then went back to TNS and back under Andy Kale, back under Andy Kale, and became a better player, actually, became a better player. Because that was the, almost the start of my journey into management, my journey into coaching. Because Andy Kale, like I said, is is the best coach I've ever had, um, and he was a, he's a mentor to me. And he was he was at TNS at the time when I came along with Mike. So I own, I got coached again. I had all that experience. I've just just had with Wrexham and Wales and for that neck the end of that season I went back I think it was in February again I went back and then for the next season I, I became a, I actually became well I personally thought I became a better player than I was previous because I weren't just lumping the ball uh, I was playing football I was playing more football and I, I started like with Kalo started to understand my experiences and that composure of everything and understand the game better. You know, all the experience I'd had with Wales and seen it and almost took a step back and seen it because when you're in the moment, you don't necessarily see everything. And But when you reflect and I take everything in and I became an actual better player, I understood the game better. You know, that's massively down to... Um, Kalo and then to Darlow who then came in you know 
and that that's when I came back and that's where I am today you know that was the start of my journey into management so uh, like I said I, I had so many questions here as well Slim Lecky was amazing how many uh, we covered really and uh, we've almost covered uh, uh, a full hour as well which is absolutely fantastic and uh, but uh, I've got Two last questions here for you. So I think the, 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 the first one is without a doubt, I was going to ask you this before the uh, before um, uh, we were going to uh, start this podcast anyway. Is that, uh, and I'll, I'll read this out now. So you're one of the reasons why the Welsh Premier League is um, it shouldn't be overlooked, it shouldn't be you know taken, um, it, taken as a joke or taken as a laugh because the likes of Mark Delaney, Owen Tudor Jones, uh, Andy Legg, etc. They've all come from the Welsh League and they've all gone on to play for Wales and they've gone on to uh, better clubs. And, uh, you know, they've always come back to, like yourself, you, you've come back to, to TNS and everything. So um, how can we, or how can um, the Welsh Premier League or the Cymru Premier, as it's now called, be taken seriously to get some talent to be playing for Wales? Well, it's, it's you look at the... I think you're correct. I think people do see it like almost a little bit as a joke kind of thing um, but there's plenty of talent in there you look at um, Ryan Hedges Ryan Hedges was at Flint you know as I when I was managing the youth you know played against um, the Flint youth you know was on the fringes of they, their first team was playing for their first team I went to Swansea you know you, know, you look at um, Reese Healy at Connors Key Youth, Tom Bradshaw, um, Abba. Yeah, you know, you look at Owen Tudor Jones, myself, like you mentioned. There's there's players there, you know, there's rough diamonds, you know, there's there is players that can go on, have have league careers, have international careers, you know. Um half the time they need a chance, you know. But I, I believe, you know, with the media coverage from Scotty on that now. You know, ourselves and that in Europe, um, the Ironbrook Cup as well, the platform to then showcase their, their ability is is getting bigger. So, you know, I, I like I said, I, I think I, I do believe, like you said, I do believe people are a little bit sceptical at times of the league, but there's, there's definitely talent in the league and the, the league's definitely getting better. Because as well, like I've talked about the coaching journey of most of the coaches now with the um, with the trust with Darlow, you know, with Oshin, obviously Oshin's left. Um, Dave Adams now, that pathway, that coaching, you know, coaches are better, players will get better, you know. Pardon me, um, teams will get better because they're better organised, you know. So there's there's talent out there. It's just they just need to. And, um, you know, if people want to look, then there's definitely talents out there. And uh, final question for you then, uh, Steve. I always ask this to every single person, every single guest that come on the show. How do you look back on your career? Well, fondly and, like, well, I think I've said it in this interview, you know, with pride, you know, did, and this is, like, my experiences, you know, as now, as a coach, as a, you know, uh, as a manager and that, how I look, look back, did I do enough? Did I do enough? When I had that chance, did I do enough to sustain it? You know, did I do the right things? Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't, you know. And players, players will, will always have that, you know. But... Like I say, I look back, like I'm so proud of what I did, what I achieved as a player. Have I got regrets? Yeah, has everybody. You know, you can't live in the past. You've got to learn, look to the future, you know, and then here and now, you know. So looking back on my career, yeah, I'm, pr I'm proud. You know, I've, you know I've, there's not many players um, representing the country, representing their own town. You know, one, what I've won in, in football, in domestic Welsh football, you know, I'd say there's probably only two or three that I've probably won more, 
you know, Scott Ruskell's probably one of them. There's not many more um, that have won more than me combined as a player, as a coach. Yeah. You know, um, so players say, yeah, you, you've played TNS, but like we said at the start, the, the chairman's 10 years ahead of everybody else. You know, when it comes to Revolution TNS, you know, it's took everybody else 10 years to actually get catch up and, you know, try and get back on a par with, with us, you know. So now it's for us to then move forward. But yeah, looking back at my career, yeah, with pride, you know, I'm proud of it, you know, got regrets, but like I say, I, I learned them, uh, the negatives, you know, I put them to positive because now I can give my experiences um, to young lads coming through and make sure they don't make the mistakes where I did or give them that advice that, yeah, that's good. Keep going, you know. You need to do this, you need to do X, Y, Z to get to where you need to be. Because in football, it's not, you ride a wave, yeah. It's, it's sustaining that wave, yeah. It's so easy to get above yourself to then drop off, you know. You look at the top, top players, <laughs> look at Ronaldo, you know. I always found the higher you go, the harder the players work as well. Yeah, you look at Bellamy, you look at all them players that sustain it. They're the most hard, hard-working players you can have, you know. You know, now players at um, Welsh Prem level, if they want to get to where I got to, and to where all the other players went, get to hard work, hard work, dedication, you know, and, they, and they'll get there. If they've got the ability, don't get me wrong, they've got to have the ability as well. But if they've got that desire and that drive, you know, and they, they're willing to take a few knocks, they're willing to um, be told no, yeah, um, but willing to dust themselves off and get on that um, ladder again and work hard, then you've got half a chance. So, that'd, yeah, that'll definitely be my advice to young players. Work hard, dedication. And if you've got the ability, you know, that's, that's only a small part of it now, the ability. Um, because as long as you're an athlete and you, you've got that dedication, you work hard, then you've got to have a chance. Well, Steve, thank you very much for coming on the Dragon's Voice podcast and just to talk about your oh. stories, where you've come from and everything. It is a, a proper fairy tale story just to come from the Welsh League into uh, into the Wales national team and, uh, and and it means a lot thank you so much yeah no worries thanks a lot for having me been no a pleasure worries. no worries so then guys um, that is it that was Steve Evans on the Dragon's Voice podcast and uh, and again I do apologise for the um, uh, every time the, the, the signal went and everything because uh, um, it, it is very difficult when you're trying to do stuff and everything uh, for you guys. But I'm very grateful that Steve has just found the time to, for an hour to have a chat and for you guys just to watch and listen and everything. So uh, it, it does mean a lot. But guys, please stay safe. You know, football will come back and you will be going into the ground soon. And then hopefully one day that uh, if Barry play against uh, TNS again, then uh, I could just go, Oi, Steve. And now I'm in the stands. He could turn and go, Oh, here we go. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, um, all the best with the season, Steve. Thank you very much. Cheers. And, and guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Driver's Watch podcast. I've been your host, Julie Reesteens, and I'll see you all very soon. Take care.